feels yeah. like it won't won't be a clean conversation. Hey oh. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back for part two. 26 hours in the making. My name's Jamal and I'm joined. 29 and a half kilometers away. Ash Etherington. Absurd. Absurd. Um, I'm, I'm sure everybody that listened to part one has given the new Guns N' Roses song a, a spin 20 times between listening to the parts of the podcast. Yeah. Just, despite the fact that despite my um, rambling preamble, I never actually said what the band was or what the song was called, I think. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nobody's listening. And if they were listening, they wouldn't listen to that. Absolutely not. (laughs) That's the spirit. We're we're fully self-aware now. Yeah, we've reached peak peak self-awareness. Did Kanye ever release Donde or Donda or whatever it's called? It's coming, apparently. I know he removed his song with the baby. He did, yes. Or as Tom Gleisner called him on "Have You Been Paying Attention?" Monday night, Mister Baby. <laughs> Tom Gleisner's funny. <laughs> um, but wasn't he releasing Donde or Toto or Don Dante Exum? What is it called? Dondo. Donda. Donda. Wasn't he releasing it Wednesday? Yeah, he he was. Well, Wednesday's yeah. come and gone. It has. If if you're a fan of Kanye like I am, I, I do not hold my breath. Mate, um, give it 30 years and then tell me how you feel. Yeah, but it's not like Axl Rose is being like, I've got all these cool projects that I want to release and they'll be releasing on this. There are so many tweets where Kanye is just like, this is, Donda was supposed to drop in 2018. Mate, I don't want to rag on your Guns N' Roses knowledge. But Axel Rose declared Chinese democracy was coming out every year for 18 years. Yeah. Well, I mean. Maybe not 18, 15 years. Yeah, and Chinese democracy came. Look at the People's Republic of China. Yeah, in 2008 it came out. He started working on it in 1994. Hey, Xi Jinping is on fire. That's a lot. Xi Jinping is the democratically elected leader of China, is he? Absolutely, yeah. Thanks to Axel Rose. <laughs> yeah, he is the Donald Trump. He he is to China what Donald Trump is to North Korea. No, he is. What he mended the bridge. Oh, Dennis Rodman is to North Korea. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> He's the liaison. Oh, bizarre. Bizarre. I, I, well, I mean, I, I think they both love partying in Vegas with hookers, so it's probably yeah. not that far away from the truth. Apart from, the fact, apart from the fact, I don't think Axel ever visited the leaders of China. I wouldn't imagine so. I wouldn't imagine so. All right. Are we ready? <laughs> We're moving past that. Moving past the Axel Rose Dennis Rodman boxing match. <laughs> All right. We're doing a list. Might not be over yet. Five seconds to oh, you a bounce. 13. 13. Can you believe it? He's kicked 13 on the side. All right, so the list was inspired by something that happened two weeks ago um, to the football population. Um, we to had the football population. To the entire football population, players, staff, uh, people who enjoy the game, people who watch it casually, who are diehards, 
Sunday afternoon, two weeks ago, we had one of the worst commentary lineups <laughs> in recent memory. So what I've done is I... Wait, have, wait, wait. You'd, unless it features in the list, you'd better walk us through. Okay. So just off the top of my head, it was Kelly Underwood. It was Derb. <laughs> it was Brad Johnson. And I think Joey. I don't think that's uh, correct at yeah. all. Jared Healy? I think it was Kelly, Derm, Kingy. Oh, it was David King. Um, and is it Nikki Dell? It was Dell or... I don't think it was Brad Johnson because Brad Johnson did that night. Nice it might have been Jared Healy, was it? It was. Jer- oh, good grief. It was awful. Yeah, it was genuinely deplorable. Um. Because, yeah. So I've made my dream commentary team and my nightmare commentary team, which is very similar to the one we quite literally had there. Um, dream commentary team. On the comms. One man. One man only. Anthony Hudson. Is this a current or an all-time? I did current, but there's a couple of all-timers that I just wanted to float in there as well. So this is just current. All right. Chief. For color. Is that what they call it? Yeah, well, AFL calls it special comments, but yeah, color comment. Yeah. No, color comment. Color is another commentator, but sort of that takes it less seriously and gives more. The second, like, yeah. I don't know, I get my thing from, like, the NFL where there's, like... Almost like a, a like, JB to the Hutto. Yeah, like the play-by-play, and then you've got, like, the Eddie. Yeah, and Eddie is still a play-by-play, but gives yeah. more colour. Pizzazz. Um, special comments, I guess. Is, is that what we're calling, like, the uh, <laughs> the token former AFL player. Yeah, so I think the the predominant uh and well accepted format for AFL commentary is two comms, two special comments and a boundary. Two so give me five. All right. I've only gone for one. However, I will throw in two special comments. I mean, you can you can go one if you like. I don't know, I'll go two. We love a loaded box. Raising. Um yeah, we do. This is definitely biased. One Luke Hodge. Love Hodgie. Great media man. Very knowledgeable about the game. Who'd have thought a fucking 17-year premiership winning vet. Um, And I'll throw Bartel in that too. Um, I know they're from different... Hodge is Channel 7, is he not? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, Hodge and Bartel are the same. But but it's a dream team. Like, you can go... And for the boundary... Um, I don't like many of the boundary riders because <laughs> I feel like they just throw their shit ones down there. Um, I am, however, going to say, does Lee Montagne do boundary at all? No, Joey's a commentator. Ah, um, if that's the I case. I mean, you, you do already have a boundary rider because Jimmy Bartel is a boundary rider. Yeah, well, if that's the case, Jimmy Bartel. Love it. So you've gone who? How do... Chief, Chief Hodge Bartel. All right. I will see. I've got six to fit into five spots that I've just done. Yeah, go on. 
very quickly. But my two comms boys are Hutto again. Yep, best in the business. And mm-hmm. JB. Yep. Love JB as a commentator, especially as that color commentator if he's got Hutto to bounce off. Uh, first special comms is definitely Chief, 100%. Yeah. The really contentious one for me is the spe- second special comms position. For me, it's either Nick Rewald or Gary Lyon. I think probably Rue. I'd say Rewald. Um, but for me, that's a real 50-50 one. Um, and then boundary rider Jimmy Bartel. Yeah. Bartel's great. Bartel, uh, Hodge. Yeah. Those guys are... Especially when they're talking with the players, I feel like they have that almost rapport. Especially since like Hodge is newly out of the league. They, they just have that rapport. And it's almost like when they interview some players... Some players are literally just like, oh, shit, that's Jimmy Bartel. When Jimmy Bartel's just like, yeah, you had 45 touches this game, and they're still like, oh, my God, Jimmy Bartel. Yeah. Yep. Um, and now we have Nightmare Commentary Team. It starts with Kelly and Durr. It has to. Um, we, we had... Wait, hang on. Durr's not a commentator, though. Durr's special comments. Uh, oh, Kelly and although if you're taking Chief as a commentator, I will accept taking Derm as a commentator. I'll take him as your color commentator. Yeah, all right, and then I'll go special comments. Kingy and Jordan Lewis, um, with an optional uh, hanger on for Mark Rashudo or Cam Mooney. Not a fan of the moon. Interesting. I like him as like I like him on bounce. The bounce. Good personality. Good God. <laughs> Listening to him talk makes me want to. Fair enough. Fair enough. From the inside out. Thoughts? Do you have any anyone that I missed? Do you have a nightmare boundary rider? Um, like true boundary rider, like. Sits, uh, Alistair Lynch is up there. Um, no, not Alistair Lynch. Who am I thinking of? You don't like Lynchy. I no, love Lynchy as a boundary rider. It's, yeah, you're probably thinking of Lynchy. Yeah, he is a boundary rider for Fox. Specific but ones, not sodas or Pav. Peter Bell. Oh, no, Peter Bell's a free assistant coach. Um, Sodas or Rashudo in Adelaide? Rashudo. Yeah, Rashudo. I said Rashudo. Oh. Yeah, you, yeah, okay, you did. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say Rashudo. All right, so my five nightmare ones is uh, comms uh, BT and Kelly. Oh, yeah, BT, absolutely. Oh, unbearable. Um, special comments, Jordy Lewis and Kingy. Yeah, good shout. And then uh, boundary rider, Nikki Dell. Yeah, not a fan of Nikki Dell. I can't take Nikki Dell. Yeah. It's interesting to me that uh, seven of my ten work for Fox. Three of the good ones and four of the bad ones. I feel like we're exposed to Fox more. I've, I do not watch Channel 7 coverage at all. Yeah, but at the same time, we watch footy on KO, which when 
when Channel 7 are doing a game, they take the Channel 7 commentary. So it's not as if we're shielded from it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think Hutto is the best, and yep. he's on Fox. Uh, Chief, great. Rue and Gary Lyon, to be honest, both on Fox. Mm. Um, and then the others from my best five, JB's on Channel 7, Jimmy Bartel's on Channel 7. And then in the worst ones, BT's obviously Channel 7, but then I've got Callie, Geordie Lewis, Kingy, and Derm's not far behind. And then you've got Dell. Yeah. Um, I, into, I almost had Lethal in there before I remembered how much I hate Kingy. Yeah. Um, and don't hate Lethal. It's, it's more he's just getting to the Ian Chapel stage of special comments, where he's like, in my day. Old and, you know, <laughs> yeah, the old and back in my day kind of thing. Yeah. But other than that, I think Channel 7 are not too bad. I just think they rely too heavily on BT, who is universally hated. Wayne Carey, I understand why people hate him. I think he offers reasonable insight on the footy. It, obviously, his personal life and issues. Um, desired. Considerable hatred. Um, but from a purely footy comments point of view, I think he's okay. Job, I quite like. Um, Jude Bolton, don't mind. Chris Johnson, don't mind. Jason Bennett, love him. Adam Papalia, love. Who might even be on Fox, but. Yeah, like the Jason Richardson. Um, like the kind of Saturday afternoony Arvo games that get lost in the um like fold have some like I've really liked Brenton Speed. Yeah, love Brenton Speed. Luke Darcy is a really controversial one. Lots of people don't like him, but I do like him. So um, I don't love him. He's just a bit dry for me. And actually Richo, now that I think about it, is a bit no, I love, I think Richo is hugely underrated as a commentator, actually, because actually, I feel like most people assumed they'd hate him. Hmm. And then he's actually fine. So, you, so he feels underrated. I agree. He's not in the upper echelon, yeah. but I think he's definitely worthy of a spot on TV. Oh yeah. Considering they'll just let anyone on TV, apparently. Hmm. God, some of the dregs of Fox footy is... And I mean, the Brett Kirk interview will never, never. Get old. That might be a we're, we're a unique set of individuals. Um, favorite news reporter Tom Morris, John Ralph. Yeah, uh, Ralphie over Tom Morris, I think. But geez, yeah, no, I mean, put me on the spot, but hard one. Um, I don't. I I quite like both of them actually. Yeah, they they're fine. Actually, who's your favourite host? It's my question. Jonesy. Jonesy. Absolutely, Jonesy. She loves um, the game, and you can tell. She does love the game, and she loves Essendon, which I have a soft spot for it for, obviously. But fair enough. You know, Jonesy's great. Like Kath. To be honest, like Eddie. I like prefer, Eddie. I prefer Eddie as a commentator than a host. Agreed. Um, right in the booth. Yeah. No, when he's putting aside his um, opinions, mm. which he doesn't fully do when he's in um, commentary, obviously, because he's Eddie. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's he's a really good commentator. Mm. Um, but yeah, host Jonesy, I think, reporter, yeah, probably Ralphie. 
Love it. Well, that's the list. Hopefully we're not subjected to too much of the Kelly Derm dynamic. To the... piggyback to piggyback onto the list, slight mm. just ever so slightly. What is your favorite radio favorite sports based radio show? Or just favorite, yeah, no, favorite sports related radio show. So for example, obviously anything on SEN, yeah. but I'll also cop something like JB and Billy, because they're clearly football personalities, but something like Chrissy, Sam, and Brownie, I don't consider a sports-based radio show. I genuinely haven't listened to the radio since I, like, my favourite <laughs> radio show, like, back in the day, was, like, uh, the Triple M after the footy. Um, and then... Well, this is just recounting when we used to live in Ballarat. Dad would drive to the footy. We'd listen to Triple M after the footy, walking to the car. And then on the, like, two-hour car ride home, we'd listen to Finey on the way home. Finey's final siren was the most, was the funniest radio. They'll just get anyone in. I don't don't know if you, um, you probably weren't listening as it happened, but I don't know if you've heard the audio. Have you heard the audio of Finey getting really, really pissed off? And he just goes, fine. Now a break. And when we come back, another break. <laughs> I have not. Oh, it's so funny. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Because that's right. Triple M used to come off on a Saturday night at 11 o'clock. Mm. And then Finey would just go until like well, one o'clock, did he? So he would be the, the right home. But I think back in the day, the... Triple M midday Saturday, the rub mm. was as funny as it got. We had JB, Gary, um, BT, Spud, and Purple. Mm. Oh, it, it was just time. hilarious. And after Spud died and they did the reunion show and they went through the highlights of the past like decade or 15 years, it is just. That highlight show, as sad as it was, because Spud died, it is the funniest radio I've heard in the past decade, I think. Yeah. That's a problem. No one listens to radio anymore. That's true. But people do listen to podcasts, and all radio shows are available to podcast. That's true. So I listen to The Rush Hour with JB and Billy most days because mm. it's like 30 minutes, and yeah. they interview sports people, do a sports rap, tell a joke, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um Hutchie and Pickers on a Saturday morning on SEN, still hilarious. Um, but for actual sports chat, I think our mate Shane Russell, his program midday to three o'clock, I think, on SEN, mm. great radio. As is Tim and Gary in the mornings. Yeah. No, I've, and I've talked to you about this before, but the, the thing that's becoming almost like the drive home talk space. The podcast, the Hawthorne-based podcast that I listen to holds like Twitter. It's called like a Twitter space on Twitter. And it's basically like a massive Discord server. And the two guys who host the podcast just chat. And then they're just like, if anyone wants to talk, (laughs) request. And, you know, you can have your opinion on the game. I'm like, this is very Finey's final siren. Yeah, yeah, no. 
I love it. Fighting's Final Siren just used to be great because you'd be falling asleep around Rock Bank yeah. and then some just like absolute oh, yeah. bogan bloke yeah. that's had 17 cans from Collingwood <laughs> comes on and goes, Fighting, I just want to say Brett Rosebury should be absolutely execu- executed. <laughs> <You'd be> like, <laughs> Good morning. And then if it's a game that St Kilda have lost, Fighty would be similarly pissed off. Yeah. And someone would go on an absolute rant and Fighty would just be like, Look, I agree. <laughs> a break. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing was, uh, if like we go to obviously go to Hawthorne games almost like every week um, when they were in town, and the same Hawthorne supporters would call Jim from Narry Warren still <laughs> lives in the back of my brain. Like oh, he will never go away. Oh, that that's the other really defining memory I have of Finey and. I'm probably going to get the name wrong, but I'll um, just sub it in for listening benefit. He was doing a quiz and it was a 10 question quiz and it was question one. um, And it just went for like, I think eight different people got it wrong. And he clearly had to get to a break. And he was like, all right, what is the answer? And the, the guys got it wrong. And he's just like, no. It was Richie bloody Vandenberg. We're going to a break and when we, no prizes for anybody. We're going to a break. And when we come back, something else. <laughs> and he just called the quiz off at question one. It was so fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I miss that kind of interactive talkback radio. I'm sure it's still around, but like, you know, it's <laughs> a thing of the past. Yeah. Uh, well. What are, what are we on? Are we feeling a multi? We're ready for big multi. How did we go this week? <laughs> Look, you can't see it, but I'm pretty sure you'll believe it. We did oh. not get up. Oh. What do we have? Um, we have some NFL preseason from what I remember. That's actually a very good point. I haven't checked what we got. I just know we didn't win. So just give me, uh, give me as long as my Wi-Fi will take to load it. So um, forty-eight hours. <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow recording the podcast. No, no, no. Okay, so uh, resulted bets. We got. All right, that's the one I put on yesterday. Uh, we got the first leg. Melissa Ghetto did indeed beat, defeat Victoria Leonardo. Never in doubt. Serbia did indeed win the water polo. However, Yokohama FC did not defeat Nagoya, Nag, Nagoya Grampus. Oh, no, we were on Nagoya Grampus, so they did not defeat Yokohama. Oh, Muskie got up. How disappointing. And the Washington football team did not defeat the Patriots. Yeah. So we got two from four. I mean, 50% ain't bad, but 50% don't win your money. No. No, it doesn't. What are we on this week? Well, Michael Hill to beat David Copper. Uh, no, sorry. Sean Chipperfield in the... Uh, I don't know what the competition is. It just says pool. Ah. So uh, that's not the swimming pool. That's the table pool. 
the pool championship, and he is a dollar thirty-six. So get on Michael Hill. Absolutely. Fuck David Copperfield. Uh, in a, an international rugby union friendly, we are on South Africa to beat Argentina at a dollar twenty-five. In the National Hockey League, we are on the Pittsburgh Pirates to defeat the St. Louis Cardinals at two dollars thirty-five. And going back to a sore point, but sort of switching around our sore points in the National Football League preseason, we are this time on the Patriots to defeat the Washington football team at $2.10. Well, are they playing again? What the fuck? They are playing again. Round two. I do, in fact, have some interesting news in relation to the multi, though. Ooh, go on. One of the legs has already happened. <laughs> Did it get up? The Pittsburgh Pirates did not defeat the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so uh, 20 seconds after declaring the multi, it, it may already be dead. <laughs> that is... Very on brand. Having said that, get on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're in the past, get on this uh, wide ranging four leg uh, multi that would have netted you what, $8? $8.58. Consider us the Marty McFly and the Doc Brown of 2021. I think we are telling you to back this multi. There are bigger multis that I would back if I could go back in time. That would net a lot of money. So you say that. I do. The, the but I'm not. Example, the prime example is 2016. You do the multi with the Bulldogs winning the flag, they would have been. Oh, please. 200. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Like hundred plus. Leicester in the English Premier League were five thousand to one. That's a very good point. In the league, multi that up. <laughs> You're getting banned from sports bet. <laughs> so, um, should we uh, extend the multi chats by uh, discussing our new bet with mates? <laughs> little podcast content endeavor yeah go for it yeah all right so i'm gonna bring it up um ash and i started a bet with mates thing because we were just like huh you don't want to be funny (laughs) if we bet if we lost money together instead of (laughs) losing money individually and telling each other about it so the first leg that we put on um gws geelong got voided patrick dangerfield uh, got Toby Absol- absolutely annihilated by Toby Green. Absolute thug act. His head was hanging off his shoulders. That's how bad it was. Um, so we got voided. We got the five bucks back. Ash then invested five dollars into a seven dollar fifty multi, <laughs> into a five leg multi for which no legs got up. <laughs> Not one. Alton at the line lost. 
Harry McCarter kicked two goals? No. Ben, he did his shoulder in fairness. He did. Ben King to kick two goals? I think he kicked one goal three. Yeah, he's shit. Adam Saad to get 20 touches? Shit. He's shit. Matt Rowell to get 15 touches? Nothing. Didn't make it. Zero. Oh, Matthew. Well, no, not zero. He didn't get zero. He got oh, probably like 13. Multi. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We move. Another bet by Ash. Better this time. Same like multiple. <laughs> Seven to one. Richmond at the line. Got it. Covered. Tom Lynch. Two or more goals? No. Fuck you. Tom Lynch, I don't think, had two touches that game. I think he had two. Nick Larkey, two or more goals? Couldn't pull through for us. He had a sh- he had kicked one goal and he had a shot from the goal square to kick his second and it got touched. That's not my fault. Oh, absolutely not. And you very bravely went back to the Jack Zebel well and he repaid you with that faith. 20, more, 20 or more disposals. Nailed it. And then it got to the point where you were just like, I'm fucking terrible at this. Do you want to have a crack? It was half that and half, well, I've now lost three multis in a row and half of that is Jamal's money. I should at least let him lose some of her money. Right. So I went in for the 30 to one multi because when I do multis, I go ridiculous. Hence why I took the first three. Very fair. The 30 to one multi, we have five legs. Sydney, one to 24. No. Tom Papley, two goals. Absolutely. JPK, 20 touches. Absolutely. Dan Butler, 15 or more disposals. Nope. I told points. you that one wouldn't get up. He, I was literally going through stats before. It was just like four of his last six games. He's got 15 or more touches. Surely he's got it in him. Didn't have it in him. Max Keen to kick two goals. Nailed it. So 60%, I'll cop it. However, I did want to direct you to my like 100 to 1 multi. <laughs> because when Hawthorne play, I do a realistic one. And then I do one where I'm just like, best case scenario, I could win a grand here. And I put $10 on... Oh, wow, I have bet way too much in the past month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 161 to one multi. <laughs> Four out of the five legs got up. Jonathan Segler to get 15 or more disposals. Absolutely. Tom Mitchell to get 40 or more disposals. Absolutely. Hawthorne to win. Absolutely. Dylan Moore to kick two or more goals. Absolutely. Chad Wingard to kick a goal. Wow. Almost won $800. Thanks, Chad. But we will keep gambling. We will keep betting and we will win for the podcast. I feel like at this time, it is my duty to point out my gambling history Sunday to Monday. Yeah, go on. Sunday had a, uh, a cheeky same game multi at $28.50 on the Bulldogs Essendon. Two legs up. Uh. Later into the game, had $10 on the Bulldogs at $2.30. Did not get up. 
Ouch. Later in the game, had $5 on the Bulldogs to win between 1 and 39 at $51. It was at that point that I started barracking for the Bulldogs. (laughs) I then had two multis uh, on the West Coast Melbourne game. It was a combined 15 legs. No, so this is across two multis. So 15 legs across two multis. 10 of the legs got up. Oof. And yet none of the multis got up. Grim. The first multi was at $45.50 and four of the six legs got up. That's harsh. Mm. I needed West Coast to win and I needed Ed Langdon to get over 20 because the total points was under 136. Jack Darling did kick two. Josh Kennedy did kick two. Christian Salem did have 20, but Langdon didn't and West Coast didn't win. The nine-leg multi. Nine! Nine legs. Five of them got up. Melbourne head-to-head, yes. Anytime goal scorer, Jack Darling, yes. McGovern, 15 or more, yes. Neil Bullen, 15 or more. Yes. Clary Oliver, 25 or more. Yes. Truck, 25 or more. Yes. Angus Brayshaw, 15 possessions. No. Jesus. Brad Shepard, 20 possessions. No. Come on, Brad. Andrew Gaff, 25 or more possessions. Nope. No. Alas. Uh, It is. It's funny, though, because you think (laughs) now that I'm so uh, deep in the sports betting, do you ever just think during the game, you're just like, if I bet on this, just imagine how much money I'd make. Like, just Western Bulldogs Essendon. Just imagine if you had... Peter Wright at six plus goals, because I don't think it's seven. I think six is the max. Aaron Francis to kick two goals, that'd almost be the same as... Yeah, obviously, in, hinds- in hindsight, you can make millions. But yeah. No, but I, I do that where I'm just like, because Dan Howe kicked two goals for Hawthorne. I'm like, I wonder what the odds were pre-game that Dan Howe, of all people, would kick two goals. Like it's it yeah. Darcy Parish only had twenty eight touches. Slacking. Yeah, I mean, well, people are starting to put work into him. I, I think the better metric, honestly, for those two, while McGrath's out, I think the better metric is combined possessions between Merritt and Parish. Mm. Because the week before, Parish only had like twelve or fourteen, but Merritt had forty. Yeah, they go all right, don't they? Uh, also, but before we move on to another list or uh, who am I or whatever, just, and I know this is biased and I know that you will throw back the Bulldogs midfield in my face, but just talk to me about this midfield with Merritt, Parrish, McGrath, Stringer, Shield, Draper's in there as the Ruckman, Langford, uh, I actually Langford's not playing this week, but Smith, like, 
it's just good, just it's merit good. merit parish McGrath and then Stringer Shield even Smith as the second rung huge I'd say it's a top three midfield yeah I think that's been the general consensus with okay. Melbourne and the Bulldogs I'd say they're third just because like you know with the other two teams that they are like obviously Parrish has done it for what Oh, it's a 15 weeks or whenever he got moved. Yeah, like eight, 17 or 18 weeks now. But yeah, this year, just basically said this year. Yeah. Oh, it's been a revelation. Mm. Um, But yeah, just with the other ones, you're just like, there is just so much proven elite AFL talent at just almost... Yeah, elite. of course. And not claiming to be the best overall, but in terms of this year and currently, it's genuinely top few i don't know they have to compete with Lockie bramble dan howe and jai newcomb mm, you're right <laughs> 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 all right um what are we feeling uh give us your next list oh the two lists were the uh all right those were the two lists all right in that case give us your who am i yeah let's go Um, this one's supposed to be really hard. So we start at five. I am Danny Jacobs. No. Am I Danny Jacobs? Correct. No. Yay! Drafted in 2002. I played for two clubs, retiring in 2018. Drew Petrie. No. Yes, though. Thank you. <laughs> At four, this is a very obscure fact. I am arguably the second best player to ever graduate from Caulfield Grammar behind one Chris Judd. Putting arguably into a fact just invalidates the whole fact, but... Um, You'll get it at two. If you get it before, then I'll be incredibly impressed. Matt Prittis? No. I feel... I, I don't... I like how in the American sports system, there's a lot more emphasis on, like, where they came from and colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyway, for three, I played my first year while simultaneously completing year 12 VCE. (laughs) No, because you'll get it at the next one. Pass. For two, I took arguably, he's arguably again, the greatest mark ever seen in a grand final. Oh, BJ. Yeah. One, BJ got it. And and the last one is my favourite. I left my first club to go to my second club in hopes of winning a flag. However, I walked into one of the biggest AFL controversies of all time. Bad luck, BJ. 
He was great for Essendon, though. He genuinely did get stitched up so bad. Oh. Like, he was good. He was great for Essendon, especially for the younger guys. Like, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it feels so bad for him walking into that. Yeah. Well, that was one of those things where he went from, like, finals aspirations and being like, I want to win a flag here too. Okay, now I'm the mentor for James Gwilt. <laughs> Didn't like James Gwilt? Didn't like James Gwilt. James Gwilt's mother doesn't like James Gwilt. <laughs> That's the who am I? Uh, and just for posterity. Who? BJ got it. Did you Goddard. say Goddard? Goddard. Goddard. Yeah. No. Brandon Goddard. Uh, the most prolific lolly spiller of our times. <laughs> That's the great video of him just going around and going, fuck yeah. I've had enough. I mean, I would too if I was playing with that ragtag bunch of players. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> He quite literally, it's like uh, he just picked everyone off the scrap heap. You look to your left in the race is James Gwilt. You look to your right in the race is Jonathan Simpkin. Like, I used to play with Rewalt and fucking Lenny Hayes. Robert Harvey. Jason Gary. Graham. Jason Graham. Because <laughs> he, he is a Norm Smith medalist, isn't he? He was close. He lost the count back, but... Ah, it- uh, true. That is one of my favourite facts of all time that Jason Graham almost won a Norm Smith. Jason Graham. He got slightly beaten by Mike Kilogram. (laughs) I'm so sorry. All right. Um, uh, Last call, isn't it, now? I think. Absolutely. It's going to be a long one. We've we've got a lot to cover. What are we feeling? You no, say- you you hit me first. I feel like you've got more. All right. Even you're across this this soccer stuff, Lionel Messi. Unless it's Horn Camp, it seems unlikely. It's not Horn Camp, unfortunately. It's um, not a messy. It's not a messy Horn Camp. It's not a messy Horn Camp. Um, Lionel Messi has finally left Barcelona to go to the state of Qatar, also known as. Paris Saint-Germain um, in a bit of political satire on the podcast. I like it. Hey, hey. <laughs> Don't say it too loud or the internet will shut down. Um, so, yeah, basically Messi offered to reduce his salary by 50% to stay at Barcelona and Barcelona in such shambles that they literally could not have him on board. So he had to walk as a free agent. And then Paris. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, what? I did have never heard this part of the story because I haven't followed it closely at all. Which bit? He offered to reduce his salary by fifty percent, and they still couldn't afford to keep him. Couldn't. So, La Liga, the the league that Barcelona operates in. Right. Yeah, La Liga. Yeah, I'm on top of that. The cap for your wages is at ninety percent of your revenue, which. Already seems high, but Barcelona... Wait, 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 wait. They have a salary cap, but it's not uniform. It's based on how much you earn. Yeah. What is the point of the salary cap then? It's literally just an anti-insolvency law. Yeah. 
and Barcelona still fucked it up. They were operating last year. They the cap was being reduced again this year. They were set to operate at a hundred and thirty percent of their cap. Which is I I don't know. I don't understand uh like football finances. They were just operating well over their salary cap. They did a Carlton um and they had to let a lot of players go. Um and everyone was just like, why doesn't Messi play for free? Um, because it is quite literally illegal um by Spanish employment laws. And yeah, so now he's in Paris. He's playing with Neymar, he's playing with Mbappe, and he's playing with Di Maria. And the the equivalent um like scenario just to bring it back to AFL because that is what we have common ground on. It's like if you had Geelong's forward line right now of Hawkins, uh was it Hawkins, Cameron, and Rowan all fit and firing. And then you were just like, you know what this forward line needs? Lance Franklin. There's there's not really an apt thing for the AFL, but it is just stacked. It is they've been likened to the Globetrotters. It is wild of just how good they are. And as another aside, uh, Manchester City owned by Saudi Arabia have basically bought $200 million players. <laughs> so the expectation for the Champions League is Qatar versus Saudi Arabia. There how fun. There's your soccer news. Uh, yeah, what a wild time. <laughs> no, and actually, just before we move on to something else, soccer is being ruined by money. I almost feel sorry for like, hey, hey, da 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 da. da. Hey, good. No, soccer is being ruined by money. It's exhausting. Um, watching. How how can you? spend 115 million players uh million dollars for one player is that just not ridiculous and you think about the wages they're on and like i i'm personally really desensitized to it because it's just like it's just numbers that they throw out and you're just like oh yeah that's a league average player will make 100k a week and then you just think about it and you're like 100k a week for like a squad player that's like if Brian myers was being paid 100k a week that would still be underpaid for Grian. Well, I think that's what his new contract is. I'd Not like yet. to hope so. Five point two a year. But just it is the numbers that you think it like, like, um, Messi's being paid fifty five million dollars a year, a year just from PSG. Not yeah, exactly. So, so that's a, a little over a million a week. Yeah, not including his endorsements and his image rights and like other opportunities he has. That's crazy. Isn't that like it's just too much money? It's ridiculous. That is my sports economics rant. I agree. I completely agree. Anyway, how are we playing against Bangladesh? <laughs> oh, mate, you know exactly how we're playing against <laughs> Bangladesh. We lost 1-4 uh, uh, in the series. Uh, 
never even looked like being competitive and are just almost look the fact that our best players aren't there is a savior but if if that were not the case we would be a laughing stock in international cricket it is genuinely embarrassing how badly we've played i feel like we still should be as a country as big as australia are we should be i know it's our what b minus team but we shouldn't be losing four to one and almost getting swept. Yeah, look, I agree. And I think we've got a good enough bowling team to be Yeah, look, look we've, got, we've got a pretty good bowling lineup over there. Hazelwood's over there, Stark's over there. Ashton Agar's over there, who's a really good short-form bowler. Like, I think we should be doing better than we are, but it is mainly our batting that is really letting us down. Like, Bangladesh haven't made big scores. We've just failed to chase down adequate scores. What was the one I saw? 120 off 20 overs, and we got bowled out for 62. Yeah. 62! Yeah. Good grief. It's ridiculous. Um. Yeah. Any anything else? What's the next cricket event that we got coming up? Yeah. Well, the uh, the world the T Twenty World Cup is supposedly in October, which is like what six weeks away. So really, really soon. Are we even remotely ready for that? I feel like well, it, de- it depends. So no, our good players have not played. Um, but if we rely on their class, then yeah, absolutely. We almost should win because they're really good, but mm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's an unknown. Are we going to be able to watch that? Is that going to be on KO or channel seven? Oh, yeah. I'm sure the rights to the world cup will be on Fox sports. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, maybe it was a blessing that we didn't get to watch the... Uh... But as somebody said the other day, I mean, it, really, it's just a wake-up call to Cricket Australia. Like, you can't refuse to send... Or, or you can't not send your best eight players mm. and then still expect TV networks to bid for the series. No, that's fair. Like, why would you want like, fuck you. a shit product? <laughs> I don't want to see the uh, opening partnership of... Philippi and Carey means yeah. nothing. Hey. And like from an AFL perspective, if you're playing Hawthorne against Williamstown and you're playing so few Hawthorne players that Williamstown are winning four out of five games, why would you expect a, like a, a pay-per-view service to try and pay for the rights to those games? And that's half the reason why... Um, was ABC stopped picking up the VFL rights? Because it just, A, just wasn't good. And um, they were just like, no, nah, it's not fucking worth it. The seven were just like, yeah, we'll get the games when, I don't know, the Bombers and the Ds play. But like, other than that, no one cares. Um, yeah. It's a big who cares. I mean, I still would have watched it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know. And India keep getting rained out. So, I mean, we're getting, it's, it's nearing cricket season soon. Kind of. 
Sort of. You excited for the cricket season? Uh, I would be, apart from the fact that I have very little confidence that it will actually happen. Because I, the, all the murmurings out of the English camp are that they're not going to come while our country's border restrictions are what they are. Mm. And I doubt they will get changed prior to mid-November. So I just don't think it's going to happen. If it were, if I had full certainty it was going to happen, I'd be pretty reasonably excited. But at the same time, I think we'll beat them comfortably soon. Mm. It's one of those double catch-22s almost that I'm not excited because I don't think it'll happen. And then even if it does happen, I'm not that excited because I think it won't be really even competitive. Yeah. Especially if Ben Stokes isn't back in the lineup by then because he is genuinely their best player. Not uh, not my boy, Joe Root. Stokes is as close to Andrew Flintoff as England have come since Flintoff. Oof, big raps. Shows how little I know about uh, English cricket. So, um, good God, is that a bottle of Moe? Shandon? It is not Moe, but it is sparkling wine. It is slightly cheaper than the the Moe or the Shandon. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stokes was the only on the last Ashes tour of Australia, Stokes was the only Englishman to make a hundred, and he was also their best bowler. So it's no real surprise that he is right. again gonna be a, a pivotal cog. But if he's not back in the side by then, then I think they're really, really lacking. Yeah. Uh, fair. I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but something to look forward to. Um Jeez, what other sports going on? Uh, NFL and... The the Belarusian Handball League. Actually, do you want to talk about something probably as important, Ballarat football? I mean, we can talk BFL for a bit if you like. Um, Yeah, so they've, they've called off the rest of the home and away season, which was only one more week, I think. Um, so they, they've just said, we'll give people certainty because half the competition is still in metropolitan Melbourne or not half, but three of the sides are still classed as Metro Melbourne. So they can't even train, let alone play. Hmm. Um, they've said, all right, well, we will restart the season on 28 August. We will just, um, and it was very fortuitous for them right now because it was at the point where everybody had played everybody once. Yeah. So it was like the AFL calling the season off after round 19 mm. or 20 or whatever it is. After you've played everybody once and nobody's played anybody twice. Yeah. So they just went, all right, well, we'll call it now and it will be perfectly fair. So wherever you are now is where you finish. Um. And as of August 28, finals will start with the same structure as has been anticipated, hopefully. And as long as there's no more delays, they'll play four rounds of finals. Um, Obviously, if we go back into lockdown again and that changes their plans, then it will change their plans. But for now, that is the plan. Um, And to be honest, considering half the sides can now play and train 
and the Melbourne sides, i.e. Sunbury, Melton and Melton South, won't be able to play and or train for at least another week and or probably an extra week. It seems probably the fairest way to go forward, I think. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, th- I think it's just interesting how they've done it. I like how they've made the decision weeks in advance rather than just being like, oh, this is what's happening now. See you on the weekend. Yeah, look, they had already made the decision not to play uh, this weekend. Yeah. Because, again, half the sides are, or a few of the sides are in lockdown and can't train or can't play. Um, so they'd already cut. So it's really only calling off one week of footy in advance. Um, and even then, I think it's a pretty fairly educated guess that Melbourne won't be out of lockdown next weekend. So, as in this weekend or the weekend after? Next weekend. No, the weekend after. Uh... <laughs> Mate, it's going to go on for, for. There is legitimately every chance that we are locked down until November when we get to 70% vaccination. It is a grim cycle that we live in. It is. It is like there is no way to predict it, but I think it's legitimately possible that we are in lockdown, especially if New South Wales continues to get worse, which it seems it will. If New South Wales keeps getting worse and we don't get considerably better, mm. I think there's a fair chance we will be in lockdown until probably late October, early November. That's crazy. That's actually bananas. ISO it is. It, it is. But yeah, ISO boys forever will be your daily reminder. No, no, not daily, but we'll be your regular regular reminder that uh, yeah. drinking with friends is still possible because we can still do it. Absolutely. And if you think, uh, yeah, if this is coming out on time every week, you know we're still in lockdown. And if this is coming out coherently in every week we're doing then, you know lock, lockdown's not that serious <laughs> then it's not that bad if it's incoherent every week lockdown's working perfectly that's your indication forget the government numbers yeah it's it's like that guy on tiktok who was just like i can predict the numbers do you see yeah. that guy yeah i did and he got it right for like four days and then i mean the fact that he got it so exact probably means he did have a source and then either the source got it wrong or somebody deliberately leaked wrong information to him. <laughs> My favourite part about that entire story is that he was the New South Wales COVID guy and then he was uh, spotted and then arrested at a anti-lockdown protest. <laughs> he got absolutely shafted. So fuck that guy. But we've derailed. Do you have any other sports that you wanted to chat about? Um, I don't really think so, other than the boomers, which I expect you will raise. Yeah. yeah. Um, since we last ch- chatted, podcasted, the boomers won a medal for the first time ever. Um. Absolutely huge for Australian basketball. Jock Landale got a contract out of the Olympics. Paddy Mills 
moved to arguably the best team um, in the NBA and they're calling it one of the best contracts of the summer. Uh, Dante Exum played really well. Hopefully he'll uh, work in, work his way into a contract. The future of Australian basketball looks really good. And if we ignore the Ben Simmons shit, because it's a bit fuck Ben Simmons at this point, um, then yeah, the Boomers have a bright future. And we meddled. That's, that was the most important thing. Because before the game started, I was literally like, I'm probably not going to turn this on because I have an awful feeling. We've been here before. Um, and yeah, we just won. And we won well too, which was really nice. Yeah. Great to see Paddy be so dominant in that final game. And, and that's the thing. Like, uh, NBA basketballers like, often get slotted into a role. And Paddy Mills has been like one of the best role players in the NBA for like the past decade, he'll just come off the bench at number eight, get 12 points and um, just play really good defense. But it's crazy that he can just go play for Australia and be like, look like one of the best players in the world. He had a huge night. What do you had? 42, 42 and 10. I think he was absolutely massive. Went bananas up the boomers. Let's go on to I don't know, the World Cup. On the Paris 2024, and we are going to jump Team USA and we're going to win. Absolutely. Anybody but Team USA, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's all I got, I think. Um, feels like there should be more, but yeah, no, I think that's all I've got as well. Like, I, yeah, I feel like there should be more, but, like, the, the sports that are mildly interested, like, NFL preseason, I could not give less of a shit about. The Falcons are shit, so I don't really care. The Thunder are shit, but I care more. But it's Summer League. It's like watching a JLT Community Cup Reserves match. All right. At this point of the early prediction, at this point of the NFL preseason, who is winning the Super Bowl? Just... Base, it, it's hard to base it on preseason, but it's hard to look past another Chiefs Buccaneers. It's the Tom Brady's on. It's almost the LeBron rule, where if Tom Brady's on your team, you're probably likely to go deep in the finals and make a Super Bowl. Um, like with LeBron, he, he just he what went to nine out of the last eleven finals. Like it's just automatic, and the Chiefs have um, the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes, who's just like a jet, a, a, like the, the generational dude. Um, they paid him like 500 million or something ridiculous over 10 years. Um, and they're just good. It's, it's again, dermy analysis, but they have the best player in the NFL at the most important position in the league by like a mile. So, like, he could just win new games. So, it's hard to look past another rematch of the Bucks and the Chiefs. So, Interesting. Yep, no, back it. Absolutely. Um, fuck it. Anything else? No, I don't think so. I think that's... Wrap it up. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening to the last call podcast on my name's Jamal. I've been joined by Ash. Do you have any last words? Isn't that absurd? 
that absolutely absurd. We'll see you next week. <laughs>